You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Revelation 21, it has been several weeks, and I apologize for the delay uh, since we started Revelation 21. Uh, I'd like to finish up next Wednesday. That's my goal. I've asked a few of our uh, assistant pastors if they would preach a couple of the Wednesday nights in December. Some of those will be Christmas-type uh, messages, perhaps. Uh, and then my, my plan is to finish up Revelation, and then in 2024, we'll start a new series on Wednesday nights, and I'm looking forward to that. But I am so excited about finishing up Revelation because it starts really good. Uh, John gets a revelation of Jesus Christ there on the island of Patmos. And then it ends really good in Revelation uh, chapter 21 and 22 with uh, the new heaven and the new earth. There's a lot in between that can be a little alarming if you don't know the Lord. But I'm glad that I know the Lord. I'm glad that I know I'm saved and I know that heaven is my home. And I know that God's going to take care of me no matter what happens in this life, no matter what we go through I'm glad that uh, I'm not hanging on to him, but he's hanging on to me, and I'm secure uh, in the hand of God. Revelation 21, we, I won't uh, go over all of this again. We started this a few weeks ago, but we see in verse number one, and I, this is John speaking, he said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. I told you last time that uh, a heaven where God lives, heaven where the throne of God uh, is, is in place, that heaven will never be destroyed. It doesn't need to be destroyed. It's a perfect place. But when the Bible says that heaven and earth are going to pass away, we're talking about the, the sky. Uh, we're talking about the atmospheric heavens. Uh, we're talking about the sun and the moon and the stars and the planets. All of those will pass away. And, and we shouldn't be surprised because Jesus said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. Isn't that amazing to think that this book is more permanent than the earth that we live on today? Uh, this book is more permanent than the sun and the moon and the stars. You say, what are we going to do without the sun? We don't have to do anything. The Bible says in heaven, the lamb is the light. There is no more need for the sun. And uh, I'm so excited about uh, what heaven is going to be like. Paul said it like this. He said, our eye has not seen and our ear has not heard all the things that God has prepared for them that love him. So as we read Revelation 21 and 22, we're not even scratching the surface uh, we're not even getting close to, uh, to all of the wonderful, wonderful things uh, that await the child of God. But there's a new heaven and a new earth. Verse 2, and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. We saw that uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, we saw, number one, we saw the difference between the, the, the new heaven and the, the new earth and the old heaven and the old earth. But then we saw also the delight, number two. Uh, heaven is described as a beautiful city. How beautiful? 
Well, John describes it, it is beautiful like a bride adorned for her husband. And, and, and you can't even begin to imagine the beauties that await in heaven. Number three, the dwelling. Uh, in uh, Revelation 21, the Bible tells us that God will dwell with us forever. Aren't you glad for the promise that we have of God dwelling with us? Now, now we have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of us, but you can't see the Holy Spirit, and I can't see the Holy Spirit. Now, I know he's real. Uh, I believe he's real. I know, I know he lives inside of me. I know what a difference he's made in my life. But there's coming a day when we will see God face to face and we'll be with him. We'll dwell with him forever and ever. Uh, We saw number four. uh, It's found in verse number five. And he that sat upon the throne said, behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, write, for these words are true and faithful. Verse six. And he said unto me, it is done. Aren't you glad that God always finishes what he starts? It reminds me of what Jesus said on Calvary when he hung on the cross and he bled and died for our sins and he paid the price and he said, it is finished. I'm glad that God always finishes what he starts. But then I want you to notice quickly tonight, I see uh, in verse number six, I see number five, I see there's a desire. It says in uh, verse number six, he said it is done. I am alpha and omega. The beginning and the end, I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. Uh, Let's pray and we'll get right into it. Lord, we love you and I'm so thankful for your word. Help me to uh, explain, help me to convey it, help me to relay the message uh, that you've given to me. Help me to do it clearly. Help me to get to the point. Help me not to ramble. Uh, But Lord, help me to say exactly what needs to be said. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Number five tonight, as we talk about heaven, we see that there should be and there ought to be a desire. The Bible uses the expression of, of being thirsty. And you know, I hope tonight, I hope you love life. I hope you enjoy the blessings of God. God is good and you don't have to wait till you get to heaven to enjoy the goodness of God. But I hope we don't get so wrapped up with the blessings down here that we no longer have a thirst and have a desire for heaven. You see, that is where God is preparing a place for us. Uh, God did, now my wife and I, we have a beautiful home on Lakeview Drive. I love where we live. God's been so good to us. But that's not my permanent home. Your address is not your permanent address. God has a place for you in heaven. And I hope every, every day, uh, every week, I hope often, I hope you think about heaven. I hope you get homesick for heaven. I, I hope that God does something in your heart just to, to cause you not to get too comfortable down here. Uh, don't drive your stakes too deep down here because you're not taking anything with you from down here, but you can lay up treasures in store. You can send treasures ahead. You can make a difference for eternity but it's not in stuff. The difference we make for eternity is in souls. It's in lives of people uh, that need Christ. And so there ought to be a thirst for heaven. There ought to be a desire for heaven. Him that is a thirst, the Bible says, I will give him of the fountain of the water of life freely. What a great word. 
Aren't you glad that uh, heaven doesn't cost you anything? Aren't you glad you don't have to make a payment? You don't have to uh, uh, pay a mortgage. Aren't you glad that heaven is something that we can experience and it is a free gift because of the work that Jesus did on the cross? I see quickly number six. I see defeat. The Bible says in verse number um, seven, to him that overcometh, he that overcometh, shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful, and unbelieving, and the abominable, and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. We see there are some that will be defeated. There are some, the Bible says, that will not be overcomers. Uh, there are some people that will allow fear to rule their life and to dictate their life. You say, well, pastor, I'm afraid of stuff. Uh, I'm afraid of, you know, whatever, snakes. Anybody afraid of snakes in here? My hand is up. I know my wife's, my wife's got both hands up. No, no. Um, that's not saying you can't be afraid of things. And we all have fears. And I think some of those are healthy. But here's the thing. Those that are fearful, those that have allowed fear to control it, and they've not allowed their, their faith to be in Christ, the Bible says they will inherit, not heaven, but they will inherit a lake of fire. How about this? It talks about the unbelieving. Uh, that, that's not having faith, not believing that Jesus died, not believing that Jesus saves. The abominable are those that are an abomination to God, the murderers and, and whoremongers and sorcerers. Uh, by the way, sorcerers, we're not just talking about uh, uh, someone who casts a spell. That word sorcerers has to do with the idea uh, of today, uh, those who use drugs. And friend, I want to tell you, I don't care how much it's legalized, and I don't care how much everybody's doing it, you don't want to allow drugs uh, to control you. You want to be controlled by the Holy Spirit of God. But sorcerers and idolaters. Who is an idolater? Well, anyone that puts something or someone in the place of God. And if we're honest, we all have some idols that we better cast down. We all have some things that if we're not careful, those things will, will get into a place where they become more important to you than God. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a bank account. Maybe it's a, a hobby. Maybe it's a relationship. I don't care what it is. I don't care how good it is. There is no thing that should come between us and God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me, the Bible says. Idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. You say, but pastor, uh, what, about, what about the fear I have? What about the unbelief I have? What about the lies I've told? What about the things I've done? Does this mean that murderers cannot go to heaven? Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, Hebrews 11, the Hall of Faith chapter, it's got some murderers listed in there. You say, what's the difference? Well, the difference is those who overcame now, that doesn't mean overcoming your sin. That doesn't mean you try harder to do better. That doesn't mean, well, I've got to try harder not to lie. 
I've got to try harder uh, to have faith in God. No, no, overcoming. Turn back with me to Revelation chapter 12. You know how we overcome? The Bible says in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. You know how you overcome? You overcome through the blood of Jesus. You overcome by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and and by being saved and believing on Christ. That's how you and I can be overcomers. You're not an overcomer because of you, and I'm not an overcomer because of me. We are overcomers because of Jesus Christ. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so we see uh, the overcoming. The Bible says in verse number 7 of Revelation 21, He that overcometh shall inherit all things. Isn't that an amazing thought? That because of putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and overcoming by the blood of the Lamb, we inherit all things. D.L. Moody was quoted after the Chicago fire of 1871. He was viewing the ruin of his own home that was destroyed in that fire. Uh, I've, I've, I've not been through that. I know people that have. I cannot imagine. Some of you in this room perhaps have been through that. Uh, that's got to be such a, an awful, a devastating, a helpless feeling. But D.L. Moody was viewing the ruin of his home there in Chicago after that fire. Someone said to D.L. Moody, they said, it looks like you lost everything. D.L. Moody replied, I have more left than I lost and went straight to Revelation 21 and verse number seven. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. Can I tell you, doesn't matter how much you lose down here. I'm not talking about being foolish. I'm not talking about playing the lottery. Brother Willette, I think he said it good. He said, I, I win every time I don't play. You know, that's a good way to put it. I'm not talking about being foolish, but you could lose everything down here. You could lose every dime you ever earned. You could lose uh, every possession you ever had. You could lose your house. You could lose your car. You could lose your health. You could lose it all. And you could still say, to him that overcometh, they shall inherit all things. And you can be in that category because of Jesus Christ. I see the overcomers are found in 1 John chapter 5, and we ought to be overcomers, and we should overcome our fear and our pride and ourself, but we don't overcome in our own strength. We overcome through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And when you get saved, friend, you overcome death, you overcome hell, you overcome the grave, not because of you, not because of me, but because of Jesus and what he did for us. I see quickly in verse number eight, I see the disappointment, or you could say the destruction. We read the list of these folks, the fearful and believing and all these folks. And the Bible says, they shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. I'll say this, these are people who were overcome by their sin and would not put their trust in God. And I wanna tell you this, your sin will always bring disappointment. My sin will always bring disappointment, and even more, our sin always brings destruction. But I'm glad that Jesus never brings disappointment. 
Jesus never brings destruction. As a matter of fact, he brings deliverance from destruction. I want you to notice quickly in verse number uh, nine, we're going to switch gears here. That's the, the message, the lesson I was supposed to finish last time. I want you to notice verse number nine. I want you to notice a, 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 new, a new paragraph, a new thought, a new idea here in Revelation 21 that John describes. He says in verse number nine, there came uh, unto me one of the seven angels. I don't know if I'm doing something with that cord or not. You hear that, Brother David? We're working on it. And by the way, we do know we've got some problems with our microphone, and uh, we're trying to get it all figured out, and I apologize for that. Verse 9, there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me. By the way, you remember when we saw those angels with all the judgments that were poured out during the tribulation? Well, here's one of those angels. And now he doesn't have a message of judgment. He's got a message of of blessing he's got a message of god's amazing grace he says come hither and i will show thee the bride the lamb's wife and he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and he showed me that great city the holy jerusalem descending out of heaven from god now we just read about that in verse number one um, that uh, verse number two i john saw the holy city New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for a husband. So here's what John sees. We know that the earth is destroyed, and the Bible says that the earth is going to be destroyed with fire, and the the heavens, the, the sun, the moon, the stars, the sky, the planets, all of those will be completely destroyed. You say, well, where are we gonna be? We're going to be with the Lord. We're going to be in the place where God's throne is. We're going to be in the place where God is preparing a place for us. We're going to be in a place where there's no more pain and sorrow, sickness, or death. All those things will be done. But then, after the earth is destroyed, God makes a new earth. And so John is taken up onto a a, a hill where he can view there is something coming down out of heaven. Now, this is not heaven coming down, but this is a city that is coming down from heaven. It's the New Jerusalem. And that New Jerusalem, there are dimensions that are given. I want you to notice as we look at the city, I want you to notice, first of all, the foundation of the city. The Bible says in verse number um, 11, It says, having the glory of God and her light was uh, like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal, and had a wall great and high and 12 gates and the names written thereon. Um, Verse number 14, and the wall of the city had 12 foundations and in them the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. So there are 12 gates uh, named after the 12 tribes And then there are 12 foundations named after the 12 apostles. Isn't that interesting? There are the Old Testament saints, the the tribes. There are the New Testament apostles, and they're all included. They're, They're all mentioned. They're all brought together in this new Jerusalem. Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't just come for the Jews? He came for the Gentiles. He came for all of us. Hallelujah. But we see the foundation of the city. Uh, hold your place in Revelation 21 and turn back with me to Hebrews chapter 12, please. Hebrews 12. 
and verse number 22. The Bible says, but ye are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. That's interesting. Here's a description of that new Jerusalem. Look back with me, if you would, at Hebrews 11. And uh, look with me at verse number uh, 10. This is Abraham. And the Bible says, for he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. It appears like this new Jerusalem, this holy city coming down from heaven, uh, coming down that John witnessed, it appears like this is the very city that Abraham had been looking for. Can I tell you, I hope you love our city. I love our city. Um, did you know there are no perfect cities? How many of you know the most beautiful city you've ever been to? I promise you, you can find some slums in that city. You go on a cruise, and uh, that's a sore subject in our, our home because we had the opportunity years ago to go on a cruise, and I didn't really want to go, and so my wife reminds me of that. But nonetheless, I've heard if you go on a cruise and you go in these, these beautiful port cities, and they'll tell you where to go. But if you get outside of that area, all of a sudden, you feel like you're in a different world. How many of you know what I'm talking about? All right, good. I'm not making this up. All right, you know what I'm talking about. Have you ever been to Washington, D.C.? Whoa, all these beautiful monuments and museums, and you get about two blocks away, and you think, where am I? What happened? There are no perfect cities down here. But can I tell you, there's a perfect city that God's going to make. There's a beautiful city. There's a place uh, where, where there will be no crime. There will be uh, no pollution. There will be no problems. There will be uh, no issues. But we see this city, first of all, the foundations. The foundations speak of its permanence. This new Jerusalem is not temporary. It is not a tent or a tabernacle. The inhabitants are not pilgrims or strangers, but these folks and you and I will be home forever. Isn't that going to be a wonderful day? We see there are 12 stones, there are 12 gates. We see that this city is coming down from heaven. Everything is orderly and precise. We see that it is four square, meaning it is equal on all sides. This city, the Bible gives the dimensions, and it says in uh, verse number 16, the city lieth four square, and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. 12,000 furlongs is the equivalent to about 1,500 miles. Now, now, now think about this. If you were to leave Roanoke Rapids and you were to drive 1,500 miles east, you wouldn't go very far. You'd be in the ocean. But if you were to drive 1,500 miles west from here, that's a long way. You're most of the way across the United States of America, and that's just one direction. And then if you were to go uh, north or south, even if you were to go uh, uh, um, 70, uh, 750 miles, but then it's not just, uh, it's not just 1,500 miles east, west, north, south. It's 1,500 miles high. Now, you know how, how high 1,500 miles is? When you ride in an airplane, you go about five or six miles high. 
But can you imagine 1,500 miles high? Uh, Dr. Henry Morris is one of the, uh, the, the great writers when it comes to uh, creationism. And Henry Morris said that you could fit inside the New Jerusalem, you could fit 20 billion people, and every person would get 75 acres of land. And this is, we're not talking about heaven. We're just talking about the, the city, New Jerusalem, that is coming down from heaven. That's amazing. The walls of this city, the Bible says they're 200 feet high. Uh, we see that this is a, a city uh, that, that comes down. Uh, it, it's similar in size to the moon. That's the size we're talking about of this city. People say, oh, I don't know how everybody's going everybody's to be able to live in heaven because there's so many people. Well, first of all, I'm glad there are a lot of people that have been saved throughout the centuries. But space is not going to be an issue. Don't worry. God's not overbooking. God's not overlooking. God is not going to make any mistakes. Heaven is a beautiful place. And Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. I, there's some of the versions that will say, in my Father's house are many rooms. Now, I'm just telling you this. If, 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 if heaven, if heaven is going to be a downgrade from earth, we all got problems. But I want to tell you, there will be no downgrades from what you and I have down here. Everything in heaven is going to be better. I see the city, number one, the foundation, number two, the framework. The Bible says in verse number 15, he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof. Now, some of you fellows that work with construction, I don't mean to make you feel bad, but God's got a tape measure that's made out of gold. Now, I would not recommend that you get a tape measure made out of gold, but that's what God is using to measure the dimensions of this city. I see the framework. I see number three, the city is flawless. God does everything well. Verse number 18, the Bible says that there is pure gold. And the building of the wall of it uh, was of jasper, and the city was pure gold like unto clear glass. Everything in heaven is, is transparent. There's nothing to hide. Boy, down here, we've got places we need to stash stuff. We got closets or drawers or cupboards where we're trying to hide things. In heaven, there's no need for that. The Bible says in verse 23 that the city is lit with the glory of God. We should let our light shine down here. By the way, that's what Matthew 5 says. Let, our, let your light so shine before men. Verse number 27, and there shall uh, in no wise enter into it anything that defileth. Neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, uh, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. We see the city is flawless. The Bible tells us that this city has 12 gates, but here's the beauty. The gates are always open. What are gates for? Well, gates are to uh, signify safety and protection. But in heaven, you don't have to worry about who's going to wander in those gates because we will be safe and we will be secure and we will be protected for all of eternity by the mighty hand of God. I see not only is the, the foundation of the city and the framework, I see that the city is flawless, but then I see the fruit of the city. The Bible says in Revelation 22, verse 1, he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. You say, Pastor, that sounds like the Roanoke River, clear as crystal. Well, maybe not quite like the Roanoke River, but can you imagine a river that is clear as crystal? Uh, it, you can see to the bottom, it is just 
beautiful. And the Bible says that that river, it runs from the throne of God. Now, Isaiah talked about seeing the throne. And, and there were Bible characters that talked about what the throne would be like. But can you imagine what it's going to be like in heaven to be able to come before the throne of God? Be able to spend time with him, and you can ask him anything you want. And you say, how long can we spend with the Lord? Maybe, you know, 30 minutes? Spend forever with him, because we'll be together forever and ever. The city, it's flawless. Chapter 22 and verse number 3, the Bible says, and there shall be no more curse. Hallelujah for that. We see that uh, there is the the tree of life. Uh, There is uh, verse number 2. The Bible says in the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was there the tree of life which bare 12 manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Now, in heaven, there's not going to be any more sickness because in heaven, there we will not have mortal bodies. We will not have these, these corruptible bodies. But the Bible says there's going to be a tree of life. What does that sound like? It sounds like the Garden of Eden, right? Which for Adam and Eve, had they not taken of that fruit of the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, had they not sinned against God and had the curse of sin not come upon them, they would have lived forever. But in heaven, there will be a tree of life. And the Bible says that there will be fruit, 12 manner of fruit in every month those trees will bring forth that fruit. And the Bible says that the leaves of the tree were for the healing or for the health of the nations. Isn't that amazing to think that in heaven, nobody's going to get sick. Uh, Nobody's going to feel badly. Nobody's going to have to wonder, "Uh uh-oh, what's going on? I better get a doctor's appointment. Nobody's going to hear the words, you have cancer. Nobody's going to hear the words, You've got to take this test and we'll see and find out what you need to do next. Praise God for a place where there will be no more sickness. We see the fruit, but then we see, lastly, we see the focus. The focus in heaven is not going to be on me, and the focus is not going to be on you, but the focus is going to be on him. And isn't that the way it's supposed to be right now? John the Baptist said it like this. He must increase, but I must decrease. You see, chapter 21 and verse, chapter 21, verse 21, uh, excuse me, chapter 1, verse 11, having the glory of God, the Bible says, in this new Jerusalem. It's all about the glory of God. Verse number 23, the lamb is the light. Verse number 24, the Bible says, and the nations of them which are saved. Those nations that have come uh, out of the, uh, the millennial uh, reign of Christ and those nations that have been saved and all those people that kindreds and tongues and languages, all those people that have been saved in verse number 24, they shall walk in the light of it and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. Why are they bringing their glory and honor? They're bringing it to give it to Jesus and he's worthy of all of the glory. He's worthy of all of the honor. Our focus, chapter 22, verse 3, is to serve him. The Bible says there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. 
Can I tell you there's joy in serving Jesus? And for all of eternity, we're going to have the privilege to serve him. Now, here's the good thing. In heaven, you're not going to get tired. In heaven, you're not going to get frustrated. You say, you know, I tell you what, I sure love, I love singing that choir, but that choir director, oh, man. No, 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 no. Thank you for not saying amen. You know, when we're in heaven, we're going to serve God. And we'll get to serve the Lord for all of eternity. Our focus will be on him. Verse number 9 of chapter 22. The Bible says, Then saith he unto me, See, thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren, the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book. The angel said, Don't worship me. Look at verse number 9, the end of the verse. Worship God. And that is who we should worship. Our focus is on the Lord. Verse number 22 of chapter 21. The Bible said, And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. Now, please hear me out on this. I'll close, and I'll close my Bible, and I'll close my notes, and I'll close my mouth in just a minute, but hang on. Right now, we need a church. This is God's plan. Jesus came, and the Bible says that he loved the church, and he gave himself for it. We need the church. You know why? Because it is through the church that we get to worship the Lord. It is through the church that we get to learn about God. It is through the church that we get to encourage one another to stay faithful in serving Christ. It is through the church that we have all of these blessings and all these benefits that you don't get anywhere else. Right now, we need the church. But when we get to heaven, we're not gonna need the church anymore. You know why? Because we're gonna get to be with Jesus and we're gonna get to serve him and we're gonna get to walk with him for all of eternity. Now, I'll tell you this. It's pretty awesome serving Jesus now in a church. I'm thankful for that. But one of these days, there will be no temple because the Lamb of God, he will be the focal point. He will be the center of all attention. He will be the one that we will worship and glorify. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.